1: The Devon Dragon Radio. I'm your host, Emma Stratton. Our show today is brought to you by the Women's Clothing and Jewelry Boutique, Meeting All Your Feminine Needs. I'm br- um, brought to you today with our special guest, Jay Marcus. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Nice to see you.
1: Now, you have a book out, if I'm full cool enough, self-right. The Coherence Effect, Tapping into the laws of nature that govern health, happiness, and the higher brain functioning. That's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) So what led you to write this book?
2: Well, this is the fifth book that I've written on basically stress management, uh, meditation. Mm -hmm. And this book ties together meditation with some of the other ancient health principles of what is known as Ayurveda. Uh, And they all produce a common effect, which is coherence in the functioning of the brain and the body. And coherence is really the key to staying alive uh, and really the key to life itself. Uh, We've had a couple of articles published Uh, that are adapted from the book since the book came out a few months ago. And two of the most popular articles, two journals have published uh, uh, an article called, What is Life? A Scientific Perspective. And that tells about the importance of coherence in our lives. Uh, And coherence is something very specific and we'll get into that. Uh, But it really is the key to keeping us healthy. I can explain that, or if you have a question. Well, what I was
1: gonna say for the viewers and listeners at home that don't understand what coherence is, can you please explain that?
2: Yeah, so uh, in saying that uh, coherence is the key to staying healthy and staying alive, what would be helpful is first to understand from a scientific perspective, what happens at death. Uh, And there's a famous law of nature, a law of physics, called the second law of thermodynamics for people who have a science background. That uh, law is said to be the scientific equivalent of the works of Shakespeare. So it's a very important law of nature. And what it says is that anything that is not alive progressively becomes more disorderly over time. Food, for example, that we leave out on the table becomes rotten. Buildings deteriorate, cars fall apart. Uh, You know, anything that is not a living organism becomes progressively more disorderly. Living organisms, on the other hand, uh, alone have the ability to grow and evolve at least for a time. And the way living organisms do this is that they all have coherence, maintaining and coherence generating internal systems. So for example, the body, the human body is actually uh, almost unfathomably coherent or orderly in its functioning. We have an immune system that keeps germs from getting into the body and kills those that enter. We have homeostatic systems that regulate our temperature regulate the, you know, pH level of our fluids and so on. And we produce hundreds of chemicals each day Mm -hmm. to maintain coherence in life. Melatonin when we need to go to sleep, cortisol in the morning to wake up, pepsin to help us digest our food, other chemicals uh, when uh, we need uh, nutrition that trigger our hunger. So uh, we are these coherence-maintaining systems, and that's what keeps us alive. But eventually uh, the body becomes disorderly. Uh, Even modern medicine, what it's trying to do with uh, pharmaceuticals is bring some order where there's disorder. So maintaining order is the key to life. Uh, And Uh, Fortunately, there are strategies that we can employ uh, that will enhance our ability to maintain coherence. Uh, And that is what the book is all about. And because coherence is so important, we really should look for strategies. If we're into natural medicine, meditation, you know, diet, exercise, we need to do all those things cuz those are the things that really keep us healthy right. but we need to do them with a focus on which of them create coherence a measurable coherence in the body and that will be the key to selecting the right diet the right meditation the right exercise programs the right strategies for sleep uh, and that's you know the crucial thing to health uh, I high wrote the book, co-authored it with a physician, a graduate of Yale Medical School, um, who's a brilliant physician, who has already written a couple of books on Ayurveda, the ancient health science, Mm -hmm. uh, and also a PhD uh, from UCLA, uh, who is one of the fathers of mind-body medicine. His early research was published in the leading journal, Science and Scientific American, and showed the physiological changes during one particular meditation technique, transcendental meditation. And that is the meditation program uh, that we say produces the most coherence uh, in the brain and the body. And that itself is very interesting research.
1: Now, with your research that you've been doing with these books, did you come across um, Hertz meditation?
2: Hertz meditation? Mm -hmm.
1: With different sound rates, sound waves?
2: Okay, yeah. So um, I didn't come across that one. Uh, There is no literature on that one showing that it produces brainwave coherence. But the Hertz, Hertz is a measure of you know, the number of oscillations, the number of vibrations in a particular period of time. And there are um, different uh, vibrational frequencies. It's a frequency of mm-hmm. vibration. There are different vibrational frequencies depending on what's going on in the mind and the brain. For example, during sleep, there are what we know as delta Brain waves, very slow brain waves. When we're relaxed and yet alert at the same time, which is a very key state to be in to function well, then there are alpha waves of about 8 to 12 hertz. Uh, and that means 8 to 12 vibrations per second. Then there are faster waves when we're concentrating, beta and gamma, and so on. Uh, but what the research has shown is that uh, what's most important is first that the brain waves in different areas of the brain are coherent. And the, uh, that, that, what that means, it means something very specific. It means that the brain waves in different areas are basically of the same frequency, the same hertz, at the same time the neurons are then connected Uh, and what has been recognized for many years is that the brain cells the brain neurons uh, in one area of the brain need to be communicating with the neurons in another area in order for us to perceive correctly so if we want to see people and not just images Two parts of the brain have to be in contact. If we wanna see words and not just letters, uh, two parts of the brain have to be in contact. Uh, uh, And because success really requires the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere, the artist and the scientist within us to be all active, uh, then they need to be communicating and the scientists have discovered that what uh, is necessary for that communication is coherence uh, between the different areas of the brain. And the second thing that has been found is the kind of the frequency of brain waves that's most important to success is in that alpha area, the eight to 12 Hertz and even broken down further, there's something called alpha one, but it's these brain waves of eight to 12 cycles per second, which are evident there. That's what dominates when we are relaxed and yet alert. And that is the ideal state to, you know, be creative in for, uh, you know, solutions to come to mind uh, for creativity and so on.
1: I mean, for, for layman's terms, if you're not relaxed, your brain's in this constant fight and you're never going to find the solution. When you take a breath, relax, you normally, that's when you find whatever the solution is you, you've been looking for.
2: Yes, it's absolutely correct. Uh, there's something known as the aha mm-hmm. phenomenon. And that is when somebody has an insight And what they find is that those insights, creative insights, just things naturally coming to mind that are the right solutions, that is uh, correlated with coherent alpha wave activity. Uh, And and it's, it's interesting, all of the meditation programs will have different brainwave signatures a different brainwave uh, results. And that is because anything that you do, if you just simply close your eyes without meditating, anything that you do will cause some changes in the mind and some changes in the brain. And that's why people who start almost any meditation program say, oh yeah, well, that's interesting, it's different. It's different from the normal eyes open waking state. But that doesn't mean that it's necessarily beneficial. Um, just sitting around with your eyes closed and daydreaming is not actually good for the brain. Uh, so, what you want out of a meditation program is that the brain waves are coherent and that there are these slow alpha waves dominating. And that has only been found in the Transcendental Meditation Program. Uh, the research shows that mindfulness, for example, um, results in a different kind of brainwave patterns. Zen Buddhists, uh, you know, all the different meditation programs have their characteristics, but um, it's not the case that they produce coherence and, and Transcendental Meditation or TM actually has been shown to produce coherence after about two weeks of meditation. It's not something difficult that only uh, is going to be experienced by very long-term meditators. Um, So that's the very surprising research that was done. And it's really why people who start TM find that it's easy to do. It's not difficult to practice TM and they succeed right away in generating brainwave coherence. So that's very important
1: would that lead us into TM and business then?
2: Uh,
1: Or is that on another section of what you do? uh,
2: No, uh, years ago, actually, the first book that I wrote, McGraw-Hill published, and uh, the title of the book was TM and Business, and that was about um, meditators, TM meditators at major corporations in New York City. I I was a lawyer at that time and uh, still practice law, but I uh, started TM myself uh, because I had a slip disc in my back and somebody said it would help relax me. And right away, I saw the difference and I took a sabbatical from my law firm and uh, became a TM teacher, studied in France for three months and came back. And um, before going back into the practice of law, I was teaching many business people in New York City and I um, McGraw-Hale found me, so to speak, and uh, so I wrote the, that book. Uh, and it is the case that, um, you know, it used to be that meditation was considered something that, um, you know, was incompatible with an active lifestyle and, you know, with the- Back busy, in the 80s,
1: you know, I remember yeah. anyone yeah. that did yoga, meditation, or um did anything with crystals or therapeutic healing, anything that that wasn't modern medicine was labeled what is it a hippie or you know out of the mind or whatever? And now we're seeing it here in twenty, in the two thousands, almost everyone has incorporated in some way, even if they're not understanding it, into their lifestyle.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely the case now that uh, people who are active. And who start TM, you know, find that it makes them more productive. Um, The book's website has a number of uh, interviews, video interviews, uh, with, you know, well known people who use TM, uh, you know, on a daily basis George Stephanopoulos, the ABC anchor, uh, Tom Hanks, Hugh Jackman, Marty Scorsese. you know Ellen DeGeneres, uh, all of these people practice TM, and they're very practical people. Mm-hmm. They do it because it helps them succeed. Um, Ray Dalio, who is you know a well-known business person and a philosopher, uh, but uh, he's a, a billionaire and he you know started one of the major hedge funds that's out there and uh, investment funds. And Ray Dalio used to say, and still does, that I meditate 20 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. except when I'm really busy. And then I meditate 40 minutes in the morning. And it's actually 20 minutes twice a day that people do TM. But when he's really busy, he wants that extra burst of energy. So he meditates a little longer. So, and that is, you know, the common experience that people find that they're more energetic, more productive. They get more done in a shorter period of time. They don't have the same anxieties. Um, There's plenty of research showing that uh, TM overcomes anxiety. Um, Depression is either reduced or eliminated. PTSD, heart disease. There's a very interesting study uh, that showed that as a means of prevention uh, people who were TM meditators had 87% fewer instances of hospital visits or hospitalizations for heart disease and for neurological disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and that is the reason why things like blood pressure would be affected Is because the brain is the control center of the body. So we're doing a mental technique and yet it has this this important physiological effect. Uh, But transcendental meditation isn't the only thing uh, that creates coherence, obviously. In terms of meditation, it is the most effective at creating coherence. Um, You know, the book goes into uh, all of the principal Ayurvedic strategies. Ayurveda is the oldest science of natural medicine. Um, And uh, Ayurveda recognizes that you should eat foods according to your body type um, or your mind body type. There are different mind-body types, maybe a half a dozen. Uh, There's a questionnaire in the book so you can determine your mind-body type. And that will tell you the disorders that uh, are prevalent for that body type, the disorders that you're likely to get, and the foods that you can eat to pacify those disorders. Mm -hmm. I can give you one example, if you like, or if you... So there, there's a type, and uh, many people have this experience as they get older. A vata, vata, V-A-T-A type, and vatas are usually thin builds, wiry, uh, and they uh, think fast. Uh, they're very quick to learn things, but also a little quick to forget things. Uh, that uh, and and the, the dis- disorders that they are prone to are also the disorders that we might associate with that quickness in the mind and body, anxiety, restlessness, some irritability, some depression, uh, insomnia, sleeplessness, and also dry conditions, uh, constipation, for example. So those are typical vata disorders and Ayurveda prescribes certain foods that are good for vata types to help prevent those disorders before they arise and pacify them uh, if they already exist. Uh, And uh, in general, the foods for a vata type are heavier foods uh, and warm foods uh, and sweet, sour, and salty foods Mm -hmm. actually. And uh, for example, uh, because there's that quickness in the body, there's a principle and it's a principle in all of medicine of complementarity that you do the opposite in the body of what the disorder is. So if for example, you had heartburn or ulcers, you know, those are inflammatory disorders That's actually another type that is prone to inflammatory uh, disorders, the Pitta type. But you tend to then have foods that have a cooling effect. And modern medicine knows this, at least, you know, when somebody has a well-recognized disease and serious symptoms, they know you don't give spicy foods to somebody who's got peptic ulcers or somebody who's got heartburn. Uh, But Ayurveda understands what to do to prevent those disorders and what uh, the characteristics are of all foods uh, so that Ayurveda would tell you all of the foods to avoid uh, or reduce and the foods to eat if you have that fiery disposition that has a tendency towards more inflammatory disorders. and you know, uh, outbursts of anger, and irritability, and short temper. Uh, So uh, when that pitta type, that fiery disposition is in balance, they have very sharp minds. Uh, They're very good, you know, creative thinkers. But when they're out of balance, then that fiery disposition leads to anger and outrage and um, also irritability and inflammatory disorder. see
1: a lot of things in the health yeah. and a lot of things can be at least uh, managed by what you eat. We hear this all the time. Change your diet, change how you feel, get away from the junk foods, get, start eating healthy, but healthy for me may not be healthy for you.
2: No, if that's exactly right. You see a lot of articles in magazines the 10 healthiest foods on the planet. Uh, I mentioned that one in the book. Well, the 10 healthiest foods in the planet um, are not going to be healthy for everyone because everyone is different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's why the Ayurvedic system is necessary, this ancient system that recognizes the differences. Here's the key as a general principle. Um, All of the ancient systems of medicine actually were based on um, understanding that in nature, there are the five basic elements, earth, water, air, space, fire, uh, but also that the body has its counterparts to those five elements. We're part of nature. So it makes sense that the human body would also have more or less of those natural elements. And just as, for example, there are places on the earth which are very hot, other places that are dry, places that are wet, and so on, uh, there are uh, physiologies that have more of that fiery quality, more of the dryness in them, more of uh, the air quality uh, in it. Uh, uh, Fast-moving vatas uh, have Uh, that air element more predominant. So we all have all of the elements, the counterparts to all of the natural elements, but they're more predominant, uh, some are more predominant in one person, just as those elements in one area of the world are more dominant. In the desert, it's hot and dry. In the rainforest, it's wet and hot. So these elements uh, in nature, make different plants uh, thrive more in those elements or make them, you know, more natural uh, in in that uh, different part of the country or different part of the world, just as different foods will be beneficial for us because of our different conditions.
1: Right, like uh, say a tomato, very healthy, fruit, vegetable, depending on what era you grew up in. (laughs) Um, High in antioxidants, very good for you. I can't have it. It's not good for my system. Now, my daughter loves tomatoes. She does well with them. Just because it's healthy for one does not mean it's healthy for someone else. And you have to find out what food types you are to work with your body.
2: Yeah. So a tomato uh, is a pitta-aggravating food. Tomatoes, cheese, sour foods, um, spicy foods. A person with that fiery disposition who has a predominance of the pitta element, uh, that person uh, doesn't do well with tomatoes. Tomatoes are also acidic, so um, it can you know, be detrimental for people who have certain disorders that are characterized by an excess of acidity and Mm -hmm. heartburn and so forth. Mm -hmm. So um, the key is because all of us will have all the elements in our body, just some that are predominant, to find out by taking a quiz, for example, or seeing an Ayurvedic physician who has been well-trained Uh, And that's even better than taking a quiz. But basically, you want to find out what are the dominant characteristics and then see all the foods that are right. But invariably, it will be the case that, um, you know, we'll eat the wrong foods from time to time, Mm -hmm. or, you know, we won't eat according to the Ayurvedic system of eating your main meal at lunch, you know, when the digestive fire is highest. And instead, you know, people are in the habit of eating too late, going to bed on a full stomach, or eating, um, you know, too much in the evening. And so, what's important then is periodically to rid the body of the toxins and impurities. And there are different cleanses in Ayurveda, and one in particular in the book. That's a short seven-day cleanse uh, and a questionnaire to find out that cleanse is suitable for you uh, but um, it's a very rich system uh, and um, the book covers the principal aspects of ayurveda and it also covers um, the important notion of sound healing which you raised and mm-hmm. asking really about hertz and that's an interesting area too um, you know in transcendental meditation there are really two key components. One is what's called the mantra, which is a sound, means a sound, the effects of which are known. Uh, And the other part is the technique of how to use the sound. It's not concentrating on the sound or trying to repeat it over and over, saying it out loud. It's an internal process, but it's a very uh, natural process and um, these sounds have the effect of turning the attention inward and allowing the system to settle down. You know that there are sounds that maybe make you want to get up and dance. There are sounds that, you know, actually they play in in put
1: uh, you to in, sleep. <laughs> yeah,
2: the, the, and sounds that when you go into a, a shopping mall. Uh, you know, a store may be playing sounds because they know there are sounds that can get you interested in buying. So sounds can have all different kinds of effects, but these are special sounds that are known to have that effect of of producing that inward direction for the mind. And then it's really uh, just a process of allowing that to continue. Um, There are many interviews in the book uh, with people who started all different kinds of techniques. Uh, mindfulness, heart math, um, you know, Zen types of meditation. And then, and then meditations that are just taught on an app, mm-hmm. for example, breathe and calm and so forth. Uh, and those people uh, I interviewed came to TM after trying these different meditations and said, you know, I like that technique that I was doing to a certain extent, but it ultimately didn't get rid of my anxiety, didn't settle me down. Uh, The feeling that I had during the practice of meditation didn't carry over. So I wasn't relaxed outside of meditation, still getting angry. And then they start TM and they see the difference and they see the difference not only where it's crucial, uh, you know, when we're not in meditation, you want it to have the carryover effect. So you're relaxed during the day. But they also say that they never experience anything as deep as TM. One woman had been doing mindfulness off and on for four years. In her first couple of meditations, she said, mindfulness at times when I did it was good, but it was nothing like this. Uh so. You know, there's a chapter in the book called You're Not a Terrible Meditator. Many people start different meditation programs and they quit. Um, The title to that chapter comes from uh, an NPR radio show that I heard once. Uh, If you know uh, the show, What Do You Know? with Marty Feldman. And he was interviewing a New York Times columnist and they were both saying, you know, they hate meditation. Marty Feldman said, I tried the thousand lotus petal meditation and not one petal opened up for me. I'm a terrible meditator. And so I use that because there are too many people who think meditation is not for them. I'm a terrible meditator. But it's really just the technique. All the techniques are different. Uh, and the great thing about TM is it's easy to practice it. He, 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 you know, we've taught the technique to 10 year olds and to 80 year olds, and it doesn't matter. And people who are in mental institutions. And uh, the reason um, easy is uh, important, it's, it's actually um, not just that it's important in meditation, it's actually necessary in meditation. Uh, and that is because If you're doing a concentration technique or a focusing technique, those techniques have you focusing on something, your heartbeat, your breath rate, a candle, or concentrating, trying to repeat a word. But as we know, the mind can only do that for so long. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. And it's actually the case that the activity of trying to focus is counterproductive, to what you really want in meditation, which is the mind settles down. How can it be settling down uh, in an optimum way if your technique is to keep it active by focusing on the heart rate or the breath rate? It's a mistake uh, as a result of a technique or techniques invented by some psychologists in America, you know, who don't understand the tradition of meditation the ancient tradition uh, and how the ancient traditions guide us to a meditation that can be successful. So if people are having difficult in their meditation they should fix a time and maybe they already have had uh, enough time to try out that meditation But if it's not giving you what you want, if you're not really enthusiastic, wildly enthusiastic about your meditation, then I think you should give TM a try. Yeah. It's it's really that simple.
1: We are almost out of time. So where can our viewers and our listeners find you?
2: So uh, the Coherence Effect is on Amazon. uh, And there are... You know print versions kindle versions or barnes and noble you can go to mm-hmm. any of the uh, major booksellers uh, we have a website that is www.coherenceeffect.com uh, but uh, that's going to give you a kind of an overview you'll be able to see the videos uh, that i mentioned of you know well-known people talking about TM, you'll be able to see some of the research. You'll learn a little bit about Ayurveda, but meditation is taught one-to-one. Effective meditation is personal instruction.
1: You have to have a teacher teach you. You can't do it by yourself.
2: No, you can't do it, and you can't do it from an app. Uh, You can't do it from a CD. A book will not teach you. And that is because what's the key in meditation is just you come to the teacher your innocence, and you follow a few simple instructions, and you have the experience, innocently have the experience of settling down, and then you know how to repeat that experience. Mm -hmm. It's a very natural, innocent process. A book can tell you what to do. Do this, do this. An app can tell you concentrate on this, focus on this, but it's not focusing or concentrating. A book isn't going to know your experience. An app isn't going to know your experience, and then give you a few simple instructions to guide you to have that settled experience. So transcendental meditation, for years, you know, since um, you know it's been taught in the Western world, and for hundreds of years, you know, probably thousands of years before that, it's always taught one to one in personal instruction. And after that initial day of instruction, then you know you can have an app that can help you uh, understand the principles better. Uh, but right. with the you in- need oh, the to have
1: the instructor first, right. learn how to do it, and then you can do it on your own. But it's right. very important to have the instructor
2: first. And if you want to go right to Learn TM, uh, then you can find the t- teacher at t- www.tm dot org, tm.org. Uh, and that will also have lots of information on the research and, and so forth.
1: Um, well, it's and- so great to have you today. And okay. we will get those websites out to our viewers and our listeners. So they're in the comments section, if anyone wants to just click on those. And thank you so much for being on the show today.
2: Thank you, Melissa. Nice to see you.
1: And have a wonderful day. And for all of our readers and our listeners,
0: happy reading.
2: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears.